All right, Ms. Haynes, we are live. Are you ready to do this? I am ready. Let's go. Let's do it. It's time for another episode of the Daily K Podcast on KTTV.com with your host, Kendrick Thomas. Bridging the gap between the school and community, here's KT. What it do, KTTV? This is KT, and I'm coming at you live with another episode of the Daily K Podcast. And on today's episode, I have former educator, technically always an educator, mm-hmm. coach and consultant, Ms. Stephanie Haynes. How are you doing tonight, Ms. Haynes? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me on tonight. Look, um, you know, as the world is back to moving so fast and we are, we are go, 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 thank you for taking a few uh, minutes out of the schedule to come on and talk about the book and the work. Mm-hmm. Man, so uh, before I jump into things, uh, we do know that it's been crazy out here. So I always like to do just a wellness check-in. So how have you been doing since this pandemic and continuing to stay safe? You know, um, the pandemic itself, I think, was one of the catalysts for being able to do what I do and transitioning to what I did. That's where I wrote the book. And so I think it's been a really great thing. Staying safe has been somewhat easy simply because a lot of things around us, we could have things delivered or uh, my husband stayed home a lot and I would go to the grocery store just myself and just bring things in. So we took a lot of precautions, got the stuff we needed to get done and then just kind of existed through it, which was, which was good. So I've, you know, I'm glad that we're at the place we're at now, but at the same time, it was not a fun thing to go through. And and like you say, you took the time uh, during the pandemic to write the book. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, and, Mm -hmm. And I know so many people who really just, um, you know, sit down, even in the midst of the trauma, you know, you always have that sympathy and your heart goes out. Uh, but at the same time, you have to kind of deal with what's in front of you. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then that was some people being creative, some people kind of writing those business plans. And so awesome um, that you had the time to do that. And I look forward to hearing what came out of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So before we get there, uh, give us a little bit of background, I guess, on you, um, your time in education and how that transferred over to the book college is not mandatory. Yeah, so um, I have been in education. I guess I graduated college in 1992 and started teaching at that level, at high school level ever since. I only wanted to ever be a teacher, only ever wanted to be a high school teacher. And I love high school kids. And so I spent 10 years at a school in California, um, in the Bay Area that I loved and loved my kids and just absolutely thrived. And they did too, which was the whole point, right? Um, And learned a lot from my kids while I was there, a lot about how kids think, a lot about what they need. Um, And watched the transition from vocational training still being okay, community colleges still being okay, to no, it's gotta be ready for college. Even watched the transition of curriculum from having some vocational training in high schools to nope, that needed to go away so we could fit all those college requirements in. So as part of that catalyst change that was happening in education, um, then we moved out of state and I stayed home and raised my kids for a while. And then I homeschooled them for a while because they wanted it, not because I'm that homeschool parent. But I do (laughs) believe that homeschooling can be very effective for families and students who really need it. Mm -hmm. And then I stepped back into the classroom a few years ago and it was a very different world. Um, And there was a lot more pressure from teenagers to make a decision that they may not even understand why they're making the decision or what that decision was for or where it was going to lead them Mm -hmm. and to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars just to have the opportunity to have that decision. And they were not very happy. And in high school themselves, now they were stressed. Now they were anxious. Now there was not anything fun or creative. It was 
work and test and work and test and work and test just to get a GPA to get off into yeah. a college that whether or not that's going to be good was not even known. Yeah. And so when I saw that and my credential was getting ready to expire, I could choose to stay in the classroom or I could choose to say, wait, I have a voice that maybe could be used in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so I chose to step out of teaching and um, got a certified coaching. Cert I got a certification in coaching and I got a certification in career professional development. So I can look at both sides of things. And I just started talking to parents and students about what they're planning to do after high school. Mm -hmm. um, and the same things kept coming up. And so I thought, you know what? People don't know what they don't know. I, and I know how to find this information. I know what to put together. And that's how the book got resulted. And now yeah. I just work with students and parents in schools to help them spread that message. Man, and, and it's so awesome just being, like I said earlier, on ground zero uh, mm -hmm. and being able to kind of fulfill that need. One, see the need, but then able to kind of step in and, um, you know, although we love education, we love the kids and the families, we would do it for free. Right. It's so good when you can do something that you know is is giving what giving back, but then get paid for. You know, well, there's that too. That's that's a very nice perk of it all. You're right, yes. but um, like you said, it's much more fulfilling to see that aha moment for a parent or for a yes. student or even for a teacher that says, "Oh, it can be different, and I'm safe making a different choice than what everybody else might be doing." And what I'm choosing to do is really exciting because it's something I really want. When that all comes together, there's nothing better. Yeah. And now going into it, um, just want to think about, uh, I guess, through the lens of an educator, uh, because I know you also work inside of schools, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so um, as an educator, I, I preach to students often about the future, how important their actions are, even in elementary, um, as to what will happen after high school. Yeah. So as we think about that end goal, as teachers do, um, post-graduation, uh, post how early should we focus on students uh, and plant those seeds of, okay, you're going to graduate. This is what should be happening next. I think as early as preschool. You know, there's no reason for kids not to be exposed to the different career options that are around them. Yeah. You know, it's very easy for us to talk about being a doctor or a nurse or a teacher or whatever, because those are the, the big careers that seem to be everywhere. But nobody stops to really say, well, what about that medical receptionist that sits in the front and checks you in? What about that one um, garbage person that comes through and collects all your trash to make sure our community stays pretty? What about the landscaper that comes and works in the parks or someone who even created the park? All of that is what builds community. And even as young as kindergarten, I remember my kids coming home talking about all these different career things they got to practice what, you know, teachers had all these dress up things in their classroom and all those fun things. So let's start expanding that to all different kinds of careers. Those who, you know, work on your air conditioning because we need that air conditioning or heat in the summer, I mean, the winter, right? What about those who actually build our homes? Those are all viable and valuable careers. And so talking about them and helping kids see education through the lens of how it prepares them for the career, not the grade that they need to get into college is a dynamic, I think, that can switch. And it's not that college is bad, yeah. If we should look at all of them and not only just one lens. Mm, yeah. Um, next week, um, as I talked about, I'm taking a group. So I have a boys club and each year uh, is, is maybe 30 uh, boys. You know, we title one school district, title one school. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I like to take them. Uh, we've done plays. We do baseball games. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm trying to create uh, the program called Artists and Scholars. And I want to be able to show them and bring in community people who are the people that are working on those ACs, those plumbers. And so next week we get to go to the career center as I want to pique their interest and be mm -hmm. able to bring that for next year. Mm -hmm. um, 
as you go into schools and work with them, that's one way that I'm trying to expose them. But how do you work with schools and, and give them tools to say, this is how you can um, kind of pique their interest? Yeah, I think what you're doing, that example of exposing them to careers is phenomenal, right? But you're right, it's not always easy to get a group of kids on a field trip out to a career center. Or it's not always easy maybe for a teacher who doesn't necessarily know, right? Not all teachers are educated in all of this kinds of stuff. So what do you do? How do you do that? And so one of the things is just to think about your particular subject area, whether it's an elementary school, middle school, or high school teacher, and how can you help students understand how what you're doing relates to potential careers? Even within that lane, you can change the dynamic and the discussion of your classroom to it's about getting into college, to it's about understanding the soft skills you need to be in a career, no matter which lane you choose to get into that career. Um, and that can come in multiple ways. When you're in an English class, for example, I know you have an English background and so do I, and you're talking about reading, you're talking about writing. And this is even as young as you know elementary school, you're teaching them letters, you're teaching them how to speak to other people. You can talk about the importance of eye contact. You can talk about the importance of being clear in what you communicate and learning active listening. All of those are skills that employers are looking for in any career. These are things that teachers can do. Another thing is to invite your career development professional on your campus into your classroom. Give up some of that classroom time and have them come in to, to talk about, here's how you plan out what you want to do after high school. Here are the first steps you should take. Here, even if you're in middle school, here's the things you should be thinking about taking while you're in high school, because there's a variety of classes to take. How do you even know which ones to do if you don't know what to explore or what avenue you might even want to go into? You can even, as a teacher in elementary school, start talking about different careers within the 16 career clusters, because there really are only 16. And so you can introduce each one of those throughout the year and help kids understand these are the different ways that careers progress. You start here, maybe you work to this way, or maybe you stay where you're at, but these are where you can find livable wages. And this is what it takes to get there. Can take some certification training, can take community college training, can take four-year college training. It just depends on the different careers that you're doing. And that's how I help schools is to think differently about what they're doing, is to look at their program, whether that is their school curriculum for their class or whether it's the whole school vision of success. What does that really look like? What messaging are you giving to kids? And is that helping your certain population build a successful future? Because not every school is the same, right? There are a lot of kids in some schools that don't even think they have a future. Well, let's talk about what success looks like in that way, very differently than that huge, you know, big, important school that thinks they have it all figured out. They need a redefine of success as well. So that's kind of how I help parent, uh, students in schools figure that out. Oh, so, so great to hear that, um, you know, you do account for that differentiation, right? Um, because yeah. like you say, some people don't believe. I was on a podcast last night, uh, me and a friend of mine, and, um, you know, the going, the saying for me is to be the person that I needed when I was at school, right? And so I was at that school where I was like, man, I, I won't see 18. I won't graduate. I won't do this. Uh, but it was one person that pulled me out. And so, Dan, so, so thankful of, of just that differentiation. Uh, let's go in. Uh, Michelle says, I personally thank you, uh, educator. Shout out to her. Uh, thank you, uh, I'm telling you, uh, Chester, good evening from Texas. Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, that's good and true from Michelle. Mm -hmm. So uh, mm -hmm. shout out to them. Uh, now, uh, so thinking of just, and I don't know if you can put it in a list almost, but um, I'm a principal and maybe high school, and I need to kind of look at my curriculum and how am I serving my population? 
What are some reasons uh, that they may simply call you up? So one reason that schools might call me is because they're not quite sure how to create a different definition of a culture of success at their school. And that's something that I can sit in and sit in the school, watch the school, see what's going on, talk with teachers and say, so what do you think it takes to be successful? What are you really, what are you teaching in your classrooms about what success really is? And how does that fit with the mission and vision of the school? Usually it's the principal or the administrative staff that is responsible for casting that vision. But very often they don't know how to cast it in a way that inspires their educators. And let's be honest, educators and anybody in education is very tired right now. And so it's very, very hard to, to instill that inspiration because we're so worn out. But at the same time, if we're thinking about we really want all of our kids to be successful, right? That's the end goal. But what does that success really mean? Is it graduation only? Or is it graduation and a plan for what to do after graduation so that they can support themselves? Having that little tweak in your conversation can change everything about what you do. Yeah. And once that administrative team or once that career, de career development professional team or educator team, whoever is responsible with this, once they cast, catch that fire of, oh, we want our kids to get here, then it becomes, all right, now you know your population. How do you need to get them there? Where does that need to start? And you might... Everybody knows this. We all intuitively as teachers and educators, we know this. We just don't know how to ask the right questions. Yeah. And that's where I come in is I'll help them. I'll ask the questions that nobody really thinks about, but they know the answers to and help them build what they want for just their school. There's not a let's make every school the same. This is, you know, your population. What mindset shift do your kids need to be able to find success for themselves? And how do you want to go about doing that? And what does that look like? And what do you need to do it? Mm, kind of like um, no no different than business. Uh, well, the audience is already there, but still know your audience, mm -hmm, right? Sure. <laughs> know what they need. Okay, uh, what we'll do is uh, hold up. Let me get what Michelle said. Don't be afraid. Uh, don't be scared to ask the hard questions. Most definitely. So what we'll do is um, I want to kind of jump into the parent side mm -hmm. of things. So what we'll do, we'll take a quick break uh, and then we'll come right back. It shouldn't be hard for families to get the best education for their kids, nor should schools struggle to take care of their families. If a school uses the right systems, it can be easy to take care of families and keep your energy focused on your students. A school's relationship with the new family starts as soon as they apply. Why not give them your best from the very beginning? Align partners with schools to make sure that each family has the best experience applying, managing finances, and staying involved in their child's education. Align gives school administrators what they need to take care of their families, manage growth, communicate efficiently, and get paid on time. Learn more at AlignMySchool.com. Hey, AlignMySchool.com. Love it. Uh, yes, a friend of mine, he created a, a basically like an onboarding or registration program, like a power school or something like that for uh, schools to kind of go in. And so he's doing uh, private schools right now, uh, but still just helping them to manage, as he said in the commercial. So uh, shouts out to Chris for the work he's doing at Align. All right. So now finishing, uh, well, not even finishing, but jumping back into the second half of my conversation mm -hmm. uh, with educator still. Uh, coach and consultant, Ms. Stephanie Haynes. 
Um, and so I wanted to begin with the educators due to the fact that um, they're so influenced by their teachers, by their peers. Mm -hmm. um, I, I called a parent one time. She said, well, they're with y'all more than they're with me. So what are y'all doing? <laughs> but, uh, but the real connection uh, is made when we educate the parent and then we start to work into that tandem. Yeah. So when you're working with parents, what are some of the biggest struggles you're seeing them uh, have as they try to help their students post-graduation? You know, there are two that I think, think are equally balanced among my parent clients and even among parents in general is one, the fear that they might make a mistake that their child might miss out if they don't do what seems to be the cultural standard of go to four-year college, right? There's this fear of they're going to miss something. What if they're not good enough, right? But there's also this struggle of, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know what how to help them. I, I, sometimes they won't even listen to me. So what do I do? And I see them walking this path that may not lead somewhere because I don't know where it's going to go. And I'm struggling to not give into fear that they're going to miss out and push, push, push into four-year college with, I don't even know what other options to give them that might be okay to help them be a successful adult. And so those are the two biggest struggles that I see. Yeah. Um, I think about that even in my role. Um, you know, we have our parent center on campus. And I always thank our parents. Um, do some parents not come because of the sheer embarrassment of saying, well, I'm not at this level or I can't do this, comparing themselves to others uh, and really not coming in to get the help that they need. So, man, that is uh, very real. And so mm -hmm. now just think, thinking of one of those, uh, I come to you, I'm a parent and I'm having their problem. Uh, what what do you do? Well, the first thing I ask is what do they envision as success for their child? Because parents often have a vision, but they don't necessarily have taken the time to vocalize it. And so when I help them get through that process of identifying what success really looks like for their child, it comes down to a very simple answer. I want them to be happy. I want them to be able to, you know, afford to live the way they want to live. Sometimes it's even, I want them to do better than what I have. I want them to be smarter or more successful. And I have to define, ask them to define what does more successful look like Often it's about making a higher late, a higher wage and better income, but sometimes it's just maybe even managing their money better or taking more time to do things that they didn't get to do. So once I help us as parent really identify what that success looks like, we have a conversation about, well, what does success look like to your child? What have you had? What does that conversation look like for your child? Do you know what success looks like for them? And this is where I find the conflict usually happens. Right. A parent thinks that success looks one way and a child thinks that success looks something different. And it's helping them navigate that conversation in terms of helping the parent let go a little bit. And this is not bad parenting and it's not about letting go completely. It's trusting your child to take risks and maybe not have things work out exactly the way they thought, but to learn from that. Right. That's that growth mindset versus that limited mindset. Mm -hmm. And so that's the first part of the conversation. And then a parent generally will say, well, can you work with me as I start having these conversations with my child and help me navigate how to prepare? Absolutely. Um, or can you help me understand all the different options that are available and how can I tell if my child's right for each option? And I direct them to the book and I also have conversations with them as well. But usually it's, okay, my child's not even listening to me anymore. Can you work with that child? And I always say, I'm willing to, if your child is willing, because I don't want to be forced on somebody, because that's just as bad as what you're, as you telling them they have to go somewhere they don't want to go. Yeah. And usually once a child sits down and has a conversation with me, they're like, oh, you're not my mom. You're not my dad. 
you listen, not that your parents don't, but you, we listen with different ears. I have two kids of my own. We listen very differently. Um, and so, and I don't have a judgment and I don't have skin in the game about what they have to do. I am there for that child. And that ultimately is what their parents want. And that's kind of how we have that conversation. Yeah. Um, you hit the, what is that nail on the head when you said, um, if the child is willing, mm -hmm. right. Um, I, I had a section on the news, a segment on the news of what I was doing with my school with the young men. And so, uh, that the next week, uh, a dad showed up who was a bus driver in my district. Um, and he came to my office and I brought him back like, who is this guy? And he started crying. Um, and he said, I I've seen you on the news. Um, I believe that you can help my son. And I, I began to, uh, you know, just like, okay, well, let me talk about what's going on. And as much as he wanted it, the son did not, right? And so that ended up with um, our first session kind of like just going with the flow. But from there, it was like, okay, well, I can't make it this time or I won't be available this time. So most definitely, um, you, like you say, you have to get that child on board. Mm -hmm. So now times are changing, though. Mm -hmm. uh, kids are impressionable. How have you... Um, or have you had to kind of adapt your approach uh, when dealing with, um, I, I guess, just a different child that's coming along the last few years? Yeah, you know, the, the new generation of, of um, this new generation is called Generation Y, right? Because they ask the question, why? <laughs> and they're not trying to be disrespectful. Yeah. They're asking, why do we do things this way, for example? Because they're yeah. thinking, well, maybe there's a better way. What is that about? Why is this relevant to what I need to do? And I think recognizing that this is part of their growth process and this is the result of what they have watched over the last four, five, six, seven, eight years, depending on how old they are, you know, they, they get things on a different level. And sometimes they see, see things that are dramatically different, but make sense. And so it's usually about helping them identify what it is that they're struggling with, what they really want um, and helping them figure out how to get there. And so, and that's the, that's the thing, but it's also helping parents and educators recognize that when you have a child that seems unmotivated in your classroom or a child that doesn't seem motivated at home, it's generally because whatever they're doing isn't matching their skills, their aptitudes, or even their desires. And it's not necessarily about forcing them into that mold. It's about helping them understand how they can build their own mold with the actual tools that we're trying to give them. Yeah. And that is a different methodology of teaching that. I think our education system can really benefit from, but it does take some time to adapt. Yes. Um, and so I think that's kind of where we're at with this generation. They're a great bunch of kids. Every generation has its own amazing positive things. And it's usually the generations before them that expect them to do it the same way that they did. And that's not going to help. And yeah. so I think we need to look at that through those kids through this lens. Yeah. Like you say, it's nothing wrong um, with asking why. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes, but. Um, that's a different, different podcast uh, <laughs> as we talk about parenting. Right. Um, so now when we think of uh, resources, right, um, like you say, it's the know-how, uh, but then it's the access to the resources to the people to tell you how. Um, one way or resource, shameless plug, is the book, College yeah. is Not Mandatory. Yeah. Um, so I, I know you talked about um, the book coming about in the pandemic. Um but kind of walk us through a little bit of the knowledge it imparts on parents uh, looking to help their teens with the next steps in life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the books, the book is really written as a guidebook for parents. It's written from the educator perspective that I have and a parent perspective because I've raised two children. My child, my daughter is 24. My son is 20. So we've kind of gone through this whole process. 
but it's also based on all of the years of education I've had and working with a variety of students from those with IEPs and 504s all the way up to those who are wicked smart off the charts and everybody in between, right? So we got it all. But it starts with this whole idea, this is where education is today because a lot of parents don't understand how education works, right? We're not in the classroom. We don't live in the school. We don't really know. And so this is the history behind education. It wasn't always like this. It wasn't always about college being the only way and it wasn't about all the stress. In fact, the NEA wrote an article, I don't know, four or five years ago that said, at that point, stress and anxiety among teenagers was an epidemic and it's only risen from there. And this is a direct result of a lot of the things that have changed in education. And so I give that background and then I talk about, okay, so what are the options? There are five major options that most parents don't know other than the four-year college or the scholarship for athletics, right? That recruiting process to go to four-year college athletics, but they don't really know what are the pros and cons of joining the military at different levels. They don't really understand what a gap season is or usually termed a gap year and they freak out that it's sitting on the couch and eating, you know, Cheetos for a year and doing nothing. Um, they don't understand the benefits of their local community college and how that can help students in a variety of ways. And they may not have ever heard about apprenticeship programs and there may not be any in their area, but that doesn't mean their student can't still find some apprenticeships or even internships and trade schools that go along with that to help their children build skills that can be a starter career that leads into other education or can actually be a full career that they can find success and happiness in. And then at the end of that, of each chapter, I include case studies. I interviewed hundreds of families, their parents and students, and asked them questions about how they arrived at their decision, why they chose their decision, and what they feel was right about that decision for them, and how they would advise somebody else to make the decision about what to do after high school. And I include those after each chapter, right? So parents and students who did military, or parents and students who did gap seasons. I have all of that information in the book. And the very last part is a guidebook. As a certified coach and an educator, I know different questions to ask that parents may not know, right? So I created this whole guidebook about how to develop the right kind of mindset, a growth mindset versus a limited mindset, first as the adult in the world, but also to help our children develop that growth mindset, which is very hard. It's, it's difficult because if they struggle, they say, I'm never going to be good at math, for example. Well, that's developing a limited mindset and it's not true. So how can we help our students undo that? And then I put in there, here's some different things to think about for all of these options, but it really does start with the career. What kinds of careers or things do you want to do to earn money? And how do you even know how to do that? What do you base that on? How do you do values clarifications? How do you understand your strengths? I have all of that in the book and then specific questions related to each, um, each option that helps kids. And it's not supposed to be the parents researching it. It's supposed to have with, for them to help their student research it yeah. to find out what are my costs? What do I believe about the debt? What am I going to get out of this? Is it going to be the right kind of timing for me? All of those questions that we really don't know how to ask. I include those in the book as well. Yeah. And as I hear you explain it, um, you know, it brings me back to what you said earlier, that common theme of empowering parents to let go. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you said, I want him to do or her. I want mm -hmm. them to do the study and or I want them to do the research because, um, if it's not internalized, um, as as I know, it's something as simple as your lesson plan. If it's not internalized, then it really doesn't stick. Right. And that's why I think it's so important to change the culture dynamic within the school, mm -hmm. right? To start talking about that beyond just the IGP meeting, right? It needs to be in the whole school needs to focus on developing that plan of what are you going to do after high school? And it shouldn't only be about college. Let's talk about all the different yeah. things that you can do 
but then also help parents understand how to join that conversation at home. Yeah. And that can start in elementary school. That can start mm -hmm. in middle school. So the conversation just kind of builds and becomes a just a part of the culture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and just sitting here made me kind of reflect on my um, my college and career day. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the times I'm bringing your dentist or your doctors mm -hmm. or your lawyers or somebody. But when did I go out and get the HVAC guy mm -hmm. who's probably at the same stores that they go to and can see? Right. You know, so so uh, awesome work. Awesome work. So now I'm a parent. Uh, mm -hmm. I hear this conversation, but um, one part of their resources could be lack of funds. I don't have the money. Mm -hmm. um, what can I do um, as a parent? who is understanding that I do need to change my mindset to kind of do what we're talking about, but don't have the phone. What can I do? Well, the first thing you can do is, is go to my website, sign up to get the parent resources. I send out a ton of free stuff all the time, all the time. I send a free resource every month. I write a different blog post every month. Those are hundred percent free. And there are the intention is to educate parents and then also educators. So I have two different kinds of things to do to educate everybody how to do this because it's not about necessarily the money. And I understand there's a ton of people who can't, there's no time for them to do this and there's no resource. And that's great because I want you to be served. But the other thing is to ask questions, reach out to me on social media, ask things. How do I help my child do this? I'm happy to answer those questions. No problem at all. Yeah. But if you're a self-starter and you want to do things on your own, Google is your best friend. YouTube is your best friend. Start looking at, okay, so what are the options for my children after high school besides a four-year college? Yeah. Or what does it take to get into a four-year college? Or whatever it is that you're lacking, start yeah. asking the questions. Because even if Google gives you 15,000 things that don't relate, there's going to be one in there that might give you a little bit of information mm -hmm. that will help you refine that search. Yeah. And that is what I tell parents all the time. You are empowered by the world sitting on your phone, sitting on your computer, there's nothing that's limiting you other than not knowing what questions to ask. So if you don't know what questions to ask, reach out. I'll tell you what questions to ask. No problem. And if you want to just have a quick conversation, I do a free 30 minute, you know, discovery call kind of thing. If you have a question, call me, we'll set up a time and we'll get something figured out so that you're not feeling like you're hundred percent alone. If you can't hire somebody, because that's the worst place to be yeah. is to believe that there's no way to do this without having to pay money because that's not true. Um, and that's why another reason why I wrote the book and, you know, it's, it's a cost of a book, but at the same time, yeah. I still offer a ton of free stuff to go along with it because it, if you can't get the book, then get some information and I have it for you. So that would be, I think the best way to do it, but then start talking to your neighbors, start talking to your friends, start talking to the educators in your school, start talking to career development professional, probably not in May because it's a crazy month, but you know, maybe reach out to the school year or over the summer if they're willing to meet. Start asking questions and don't give up just because it feels like you don't know anything. You will learn. You will get the language. You will understand the dynamic and just keep talking, keep asking and keep your mind open. Yeah, I um, I, I told people, well, on the on the conversation last night, but um, during our, our tell your stories, I always tell people I learned about college uh, March of my senior year and, and uh, I just mm -hmm. haphazardly asked my brother, like, uh, my god brother, what are you doing? And he said, man, I'm going to college. And so I'm like, well, what is that? Um, you know, and so that's why I told you when I moved here, it was just a high school diploma because I really didn't understand. I got in, didn't take it serious, didn't understand the depth of it. Mm -hmm. um, but, but you know, this podcast like these are so important because there is someone out there like my mom, right, who has not had that conversation with their senior. 
And on the other hand, there is a school like mine who did not have that conversation with me as a senior. Uh, so being able to kind of get these out, have these conversations and, and build that bridge um, is so awesome. So thank you so much for um, just coming on and giving us that information tonight. You're welcome. I'm happy to do it because you're right. There, there are even communities that don't see anything different. Yeah. They don't know of anything different. And that that drives me absolutely bonkers because yeah. it doesn't feel right. And so how can we help everybody, no matter where you live, figure out how to build a successful life. It yeah. can be done no matter where you are, no matter who you are, you can do this. Sometimes you just need to be pointing in the right direction. That's it, pointing in the right direction. Wow, so how do we contact you? How do we find the information? Give it all. Yeah, the best thing is go to my website, which is stephaniehaines.net, and that's Haynes with a H-A-Y-N-E-S. Um, and on there, you can sign up to, for a call with me. You can sign up to get my free resources and newsletters and all that kind of stuff. But you can also find me on LinkedIn if you want. It's under just Stephanie Haynes. Um, if you want to find me on Facebook, I have a Facebook group called College is Not Mandatory, where we talk and share different stories and ideas and strategies within that for parents. And then I'm also on Instagram at edcoachstephhaines. And I have a YouTube channel where yeah. I give a ton of videos all the time. And you just have to Google, you know, YouTube search Stephanie Haynes and I'll pop up because I need to get 100 subscribers to get my own customized channel, right? And I'm just starting with that. But still, I think there's over, I think there's about 50 videos up there already yeah. now. So there's a lot of free information. Wow, awesome work, awesome work. Well, thank you again uh, for taking some time out. Um, shout out to once again to the book in the back. Just really sit, no pause. All right. <laughs> All right, well, I look forward to sharing this and um, I look forward to checking back in soon, Ms. Ains. Thank you again. Yeah, I'd love to continue talking with you about this. And thank you again for having me on tonight. I really do appreciate it. That'll work. All right, y'all. This is KT for KTTV signing out 100. This is Darnell with Broadcast Houston. This is Dr. Tamara Beckford. Hey, this is Candace. This is London Underwood. This is Kirsten Bass with Inner City Greens, and you're watching. Y'all are now tuned in to KTTV. 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 Is that right? <laughs>